together for a regular episode a regular two-person episode and we're so excited although i'm pretty excited about your solo episode gotta say haven't listened to it yet that's on the the list for tomorrow but i looked at looked at the topic looked at the summary pretty excited for that yeah i went hard i was like let's do something i mean it was top of mind it literally was like pretty much the entire conversation in some shape or form, whether we were listening to a book or um, talking about it, reflecting, it was just like family trauma. It was like <laughs> the conversation. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, a hard um, one. It's a hard one to do. Yeah, but I think it's relatable, and I also think that people don't. And I say this in the episode, but I don't think that we talk about family enough, like family dynamic, like just as a topic. But I also don't think that. Um, people really take into consideration how family affects everything about you. Yeah. Genetically and otherwise. Yeah. They call that nature and nurture. And you're totally you right. Ding, ding. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out. It, I'm sure most people can relate to that, if not every every person can relate to that. Whether you have a family or a chosen family, I think that it probably exactly. hits home for most. Exactly. Bing, bing bong. There it is. <laughs> it's, I literally say like the same thing on the episode. It's like whenever, like, this is like the third time that it's happened that you said something that I literally say on the episode. And I just love that because you haven't even listened to it. And we are just like always in the same frame of mind when it comes to these topics. It's hilarious. Definitely in sync. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. So yeah. I guess I want to tell the listeners that we are going to kind of reframe the intro. We're going to make it a little bit snazzier, a little more fun, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we so hope. So we have a little bit I of mean, a structure I'm now. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure you've all enjoyed listening to our weeks, but we thought we could bring a bit more uh, content and uh it's always helpful, you know, to have a structure. So we're going to give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting with stories and fun updates. Yeah, exactly. So mine this week is that Mike's sister and her boyfriend are coming to stay for a week. I'm so excited. We have so much planned. Uh, they're going to stay for like actually more than a week. I think it's probably like 10 days. And I'm getting one of the Fridays off, so a three-day weekend, and oh, um, heck yeah. we kind of plan to do, like, yeah, all the LA, Southern California stuff. So one of the days is Disneyland, another day is going to be Universal. Yes! Um, the theme parks yeah, are we're... a must. <laughs> exactly. And um, we 
might hit up Joshua Tree because I haven't seen that yet. And it looks so cool. Oh. Like every photo I've seen is just so pretty. So might go out there. Perfect. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, little quick tip. We also made reservations, which took so long to get in, but finally got a reservation at Din Tai Fung at uh, Century City. So good. You yes. have to check it out. We are going to take you and Esther there. But yeah, it's like <laughs> so hard to get a reservation. <laughs> so we were like watching them every day for like a week and finally got one. So that's we're hilarious. Go. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I will always, or I will provide updates once uh, the adventures begin. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were just telling me that you've kind of poured your heart and soul into the episode. I don't know if you have other updates for the listeners <laughs> this week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, no stories or fun updates this week, but I'm sure there will be some fun to come. Um, mm-hmm. So let's jump into the next one on our list of questions. Uh, what is your sunshine medicine of the week, Ashley? Yeah, Um Big one for me is I finally am COVID negative and I'm not feeling like absolute shit. Um, That's an accomplishment. (laughs) Yeah. Although I'm probably going to do an episode, like maybe a solo episode coming up on like tips for surviving COVID or like my COVID experience because it was not what I expected and I'm still fighting definitely a number of symptoms and it's like kind of tragic and really upsetting, at least to me. Um, But like, yeah, sunshine medicine this week is that I'm at least COVID negative and yeah, like at least 95% of the symptoms are reduced, Um, which really I think leads into the fact that I'm able to go back to the gym. And I think the gym, as I've kind of said before, is like a really big thing for my mental health. And so I noticed my mental health was declining while I was just sitting in quarantine and just like getting more progressively like physically unwell obviously and like mentally unwell so yeah I would say like the last half week and so far this week um just feeling a lot more like myself and that's a huge thing so health and gym are my sunshine medicine what about you um being back in LA for sure um I miss the literal sunshine but not only the sunshine like the the perfect like 70 something degree temperature that it always is oh it's my favorite I went on a walk today uh really soaked that sunshine medicine in literally um so that's one but the other is that I can actually buy the things that I like again like I went to Target the other day and I bought an Olipop because you can't get those in Alabama. And I bought like the liquid death severed lime sparkling water for absolutely no other reason than I couldn't get it anywhere else in LA. Um, Sorry, so what like flavor that. is that? <laughs> What's called, what does that taste like? <laughs> right? It's called severed lime. It just, it just tastes like lime. But I love the name because it's very on brand for a, a brand called liquid death. I think it's hilarious. So, I love that. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, just being able to splurge at Target on on random stuff 
that you can get in LA. So true, though. I know. You gotta love it. Um, What are you looking forward to this week? A little guilty pleasure. I like to call thrifting. <laughs> so yes. I'm super, yeah, I'm so excited because I'm going to get a vacation. We are planning to go to Mexico. So it's like family coming and then like, bam, we're going to Mexico. So like, nice, very busy coming up, but planning on getting some cute outfits, looking for like, I don't know, just some like silky dresses and like little shirts and things like that. So maybe some more brightly colored things. Yeah. Just, just some more fun stuff for Mexico. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. 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 And I think it's always fun to go thrifty. I might, um, take my, uh, sister-in-law out. She, she's been asking a lot about like how the thrifting goes. And so I'm like, I'm sure I will go more than once. So we'll see what we get Mm -hmm. on the first haul. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Got to take her to the spots. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see what we can find for me, see what we can find for her. Um, and then you'll have to help me if I don't find anything. <laughs> Outfit me. I was thinking too. I'm like, I'm dying to go thrifting too. I was just complaining to Nestor the other day. I'm like, I have nothing. And I hate to be that person. <laughs> but I'm like, I have nothing. <laughs> I think it's because like, like, the seasons change. Her. Yeah, the seasons change, like the mood changes, the vibe changes. It's just like, ah, this is the wrong color, the wrong fit, the wrong style. Like, yeah, I'm thinking of like doing just a crossroads thing, though, because that's like the most closed loop you can get, basically. Just giving it to somebody where you know it, it's actually going to get bought, you know? So that's what and I, then I can about give them it, my like... old clothes. Yeah, exactly. So I might do I might do something like that this week. Just to get rid of the stuff yeah. that I'm like, I'm just not feeling it at all. It, I don't know what I was thinking when I bought it, but it's not the vibe. <laughs> I know. I have definitely like 10 pieces in a bag right now that I'm like, this needs a new home. And it, yeah. I don't know. I feel like within LA, it's sort of like a micro center or like, it's like its own. It's like everything is being leased through the thrift stores. Do you feel that way? It's kind of oh, like my people gosh, come so sorry. often. Yeah. Yeah, funny. so time nice. to check it out. Nice. Yeah, so uh, um, what are you looking most forward to? I am looking most forward to... Oh, wait. Well, okay, by the time this episode comes out, it would have already happened, but I'm just going to say it now anyways. Um, I'm looking forward to my, um, ADHD diagnosis tomorrow. Um, so that'll be validating and it will open up some doors for me in in the medicine department. And I think just like the self-acceptance department. So I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to that by this time, by the time this episode comes out. I will probably be looking forward to having a, a clean home. I'm looking forward to doing like some huge spring cleaning haul. I just, I'm like, oh, I have too much stuff that the zen is off, you know? So I need to like re-zen my place and just like Marie Kondo the shit out of everything. Um, so by next <laughs> week, I'm going to be looking forward yeah. to having more organization. <laughs> 
yeah, it looks like those two things are going hand in hand. I mean, I don't yeah. know, but it's kind of funny that you <laughs> you gave that order. I know, right? It's me in a <laughs> nutshell. <laughs> no, that's so exciting. I think the biggest thing, at least from what I've heard you talk about, um, in terms of your diagnosis, is just like self acceptance and like purpose, understanding yourself and like knowing yourself better, and. From like, I don't know, one friend to another, I'm so proud of you for working on that. Not everyone is willing to go that far to like understand themselves and make themselves better. And isn't that beautiful that you're doing that? It's not easy and not everyone is willing to do that. So shout out to Katie because she's working on the hard stuff. Thanks, Ashley. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, you'll have to let um, everyone know. I will. Oh, you bet I will. I'm going to, like, hit the hit Instagram stories tomorrow the second. Because I know it's, it's, like, without a shadow of doubt, I know. Um, so <laughs> want to be I'm right like, so bad. <laughs> I know I'm right. But it's like, that's the thing. When, I, when I'm when i committed to being right about something, I already know that I'm right about it. Otherwise, I would embarrass myself by being wrong, you know? So <laughs> I try not to do that. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the last bit of this little beginning segment. Ashley, what is hot this week? Okay. Um, this was a no brainer for me. There is some, there's a product I cannot live without. And I finally decided to splurge on the like full size version of it. I cannot recommend this enough. It is the Laneige water sleeping mask. So I originally got like a trial, kind of like small mini version of it from Sephora. I feel like maybe it was last summer. The Sephora samples? Oh my gosh. Don't they just unlock some of the best products for you? Yeah. I I I had something, same thing. Yeah. I I had a similar experience with a different product that started with a Sephora sample that I'm addicted to now. I cannot change. What is yours? Is it also skincare? It's also skincare. It's um the Tatcha. Um, it's the oh, yeah. moisturizer. It's it's two things: the moisturizer and the rice face wash. Because that was their birthday gift this year. Um, nice. So you're looking forward to that um, when your birthday <laughs> rolls around. Uh, it's so good. I was like, no wonder I heard so many good things about the Tatcha brand because it's so good. Anyways, that's another your Korean brand, I think. Is it a yeah. Korean brand too? I yeah. Okay. So. so that's totally on topic because this is, um, yeah, a pretty well-known Korean brand, Laneige. Um, I have a bunch of their stuff. I have their, um, like cream toner, which is a bit of a misnomer because really it's like a liquid moisturizer. It's not really like a pH balancer or clarifying solution at all. Um, it's like super hydrating, but the, the hot topic today is the water sleeping mask. So it's like a really like wet and spongy um moisturizer it's not heavy it's not creamy it's almost clear it's amazing so I can wear this like daytime if you have dry skin it will work for daytime if you have oily skin I would say probably more for like overnight as it's probably intended when you say daytime do you mean like do you mean oh yeah 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 that's what I was gonna ask like how long do you wear it like, do you mean like yeah, leave it on okay. all day and then wash it off? So I'm no beauty expert, but 
I treat it as a moisturizer. I know it's called a water sleeping mask, but by the time I wake up in the morning, it has like fully absorbed. So I don't have to wash it off. Although I will wash my face, but there's nothing like visible or like noticeable on my skin in the morning. So it, it does absorb because it's so liquidy and it's, um, you're not like rubbing it off on your pillow though. Are you? (laughs) No, I don't think so because it's pretty much dry. Like I'll put it on before I brush my teeth and then it will be like at least like 40 minutes before I'm totally like face to the pillow. So I think it's getting its use. Um, it's one of the only things that has, yeah, kept like cracked skin at bay for me because I have very dry skin on my face. Yeah. Do you have a hot product or a hot topic today? Um, my hot product is something that I was heavily influenced by. I I mean, I don't know about heavily, but let me, let me tell you the story of me and Target. Okay. So picture me and Target with, (laughs) don't laugh. (laughs) Picture me and Target. I'm muted, but I'm like having the best time over here laughing at that (laughs) comment. (laughs) Okay. So I'm in Target. Like I already said that. When I went, I was like, I have to get, like, my L.A. things. I have to just feel like I'm in L.A. So I was walking just, like, through the, like, home, like, department, I guess. Like, the home and kitchen department. I wasn't really looking for anything. And then I saw the water bottle section. And I was like, oh, shoot. I need another water bottle because, like, the one that I have is just okay. But I'm kind of feeling like I want a Stanley mug. Like, the 40-ounce Stanley mug that you can put in your car holder, like, the one with the handle that's, like, all over TikTok. I was like, I kind of want one of those, but they don't have it. Do they have anything like it? It doesn't look the same. I don't like it. It's, like, an off-brand. I want the Stanley one. I turn the corner, and there's a shelf of Stanley mugs. And I was like, boom, I got mine. It's a navy blue color. It's huge. They only had – it's – it's bigger than my head. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, and so they only had two colors, the navy and the white. Um, but then I scanned it on the Target app to see if they had, like, any other colors in stock and to, like, see maybe they had it on a different shelf. And they were even saying that this mug was out of stock in stores. They were like, buy online only. But then it was sold out online, too. So I was like, what the heck? Did I, did I unlock a secret section of Target? <laughs> that had the Stanley mug instantly as soon as I was thinking about it. I think I just literally manifested it. So (laughs) here it is. That sounds like a manifestation right there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have a straw in there? Yes. Okay. So the lid has three modes. It has straw mode, like Nestor calls it chug mode, but it's like sip mode. So you take this straw out and then you turn the like wheel on the top and then it just has like a bigger opening so you can chug it and then you can close it all the way so if you're not wanting your like hot whatever to steam out or you're worried about it spilling it's literally so sturdy so yeah i've had coffee in here all day i was thinking to myself is 40 ounces of coffee too much for one person to consume in one day probably (laughs) But I gave it a try anyway. I'm not done. I'm not done with it. But the selling point on it, it was like, it can hold ice in there for two days. So like, in theory, I could have this coffee in the morning too, if I don't finish it today. On the Isn't note so of funny? like, current events, it's like, 
you could take your coffee to Coachella and it will be cold the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that oh and then my Loops earplugs. So those are my hot, my hot things Loops. this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you sleep with I those? got the, yeah, I got the like ultra blocking. I mean, they're not like ultra blocking, but they block 10 more decibels of sound, I think. So hmm. they're they're softer too, so they're meant for sleeping. So I just got those in the other day. That is so cool. Um, that just to like mention it for our listeners, but I'm pretty sure uh, we're gonna do a, a, like an episode on sleep hygiene or sleep habits or something like that coming up soon. And so I'm gonna like force Katie to walk through all of those like <laughs> cool tech things that she has, including the loop. Um, earplugs so. oh yeah i have like quick the plug worst for that history yeah i have the worst oh yeah we're history, not so we can maybe talk the forever best about all my tips and experts <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you how to stay awake at night um but we will try our best to cover that up in another episode um yeah, for real yeah so maybe maybe it's a what's hot i don't know if it's a what's hot but i had this cool quote can i tell everyone now Yes, absolutely. Floor is yours. <laughs> um, so I was listening to the Skinny Confidential and uh, Lauren Bostic gave a really cool quote this week and it just stuck with me. And I'm not sure I totally understand it or like have all my feelings together on it, but it just sat with me and I can't get rid of it. So I want people to think about this too. It is a Naval Ravikant quote. And he says, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with people who are more successful than you are. If you want to be happy, surround yourself with people who are less successful than you are. So think about that. Ooh, that's deep and I feel that. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, I feel that. Isn't it kind of cool but also kind of creepy? It's like, wait a minute. Am I doing that? Yeah, because I I think it's the way that our society – I think it's the way society defines success. I think that's the thing. Yeah. It's like when you have somebody who's like hyper-focused on on a version of success that they see with yachts and money and, and babes, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, you're probably not going to be happier on somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like that. So I don't know. It just stuck with me. I can't get rid of it. So I thought I would share. I like that. <laughs> Maybe find more mm. peace and simplicity in life. Maybe one day. Hopefully one day. <laughs> well, let's uh, transition a little bit into another hard-hitting topic <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, but something kind of contrasting a topic we just spoke about a couple episodes ago. Um, so mm-hmm. we are talking body editing, body image, filters, and all of that such. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, let's... all the demons that live on social media. Exactly. Let's get into so it. So let's dive in. Woo! Yeah. All right. So body editing, social media, all that fun stuff. What are we thinking? Yeah. So. Um, I felt inspired last week with all of that research that I did. So I was like, I'm feeling in a researchy mood. 
So I, I went at this topic with a couple of angles. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll just share the angles with you and then we'll dive in individually. So um, I have, does body modification um, affect your mental health? Probably. We'll get into that. Um, does changing your appearance qualify as body dysmorphia? What is body dysmorphia? Um, I, I talk about an experience of um, somebody who had a TikTok filter, uh, beauty filter glitch on their account. Um, so they couldn't take the filter off and how that was affecting them. Um, I talk about the anti-beauty filter trend that happened on TikTok. Um, kind of in the same vein, I talk about... Um, how these filters affect trans and non-binary people, um, body uh, dysmorphia, like I said, um, gender dysmorphia and gender euphoria. Um, yeah, so lots of really, lots of really hot stuff. Which way do you want to die first? Yeah, um, I'm super excited about the fact that you did research. So I would love to know more about maybe like some fundamentals, like what is body editing? What are these photo filters that we're talking about? How many people are doing it? Is it super common? Like maybe let's talk a bit about that and tell our listeners kind of where we're coming from with the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything uh, to introduce it with? Yes. So I think that um, there's a ton of stuff out there in terms of different populations that have been polled and researched on. I think you can find totally different numbers depending on where you go. But um, a common rough estimate that I saw around multiple different articles and sources um, was that around 70% of women ages 18 to 35 are actually editing their photos before posting them to social. And men are not a lot different. It's about 50% of men in the same age group that are doing the same thing. So there's a pretty significant like uh, hard line that these photos have to pass in order to make it online for other people to see them. Most people are editing their photos in some way. Yeah, totally. Does that include, um, like, what kind of editing does that include? Just, like, colors and backgrounds? Or does that include, like, the actual facial feature editing, things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, from my reading, it seems to be pretty much everything. Um, I think more so they're talking about bodies, but it may not be, like, body shape or like facial features it may just be like skin like removing a zit or like fixing your hair like it may be things that totally um you know at one point in time might exist but don't exist in this photo um as well as things that are actually not truthful or you know existing in real life yeah interesting I think what is also important to note is that most of the research I saw was that, you know, most people are editing their bodies. Most people are editing something about their facial features or their photos in some way and not just lighting. Um, and that it does generally affect the viewer. So it does generally lead to some kind of 
impact on body image, self-esteem, some kind of um, maybe not so positive impact down the road for the viewer. Did you find sort of a similar thing? Yeah. Yeah. I saw this. um, Yeah. So uh, on how I get, it was, sorry, (laughs) my words are just going all over the place. Um, (laughs) I saw this article um, that was asking the question, is body modification harmful to your mental health? Um, So um, I found it interesting that this article was actually um, from like the mid 2000s, like um, 2010s ish. So it's not a very new article. And actually the studies that they were bringing up are from the early 2000s. So all to say, this isn't like a unique problem that we're just having now. It's something that has been on the minds of psychologists since social media was a thing or since, you know, media in general was a thing. So um, this question basically asked um, uh, on the topic of plastic surgery. So I kind of wanted to frame this in the beginning uh, to contrast our last episode or the last episode we did together, um, which was pretty much like, we love plastic surgery. It's so fun. It's so great. Everybody's great. Um, But I just kind of want to contrast that a little bit with this study. So um, they took 37 patients um, and did psychological and psychosocial functioning before and after cosmetic surgery. Um, so they actually found that there were mostly positive outcomes. So uh, positive um, body image views um, and a possible quality of life boost, uh, whatever they can quantify that to be. Um, but then there was an alternate study basically opposing that that was like, oh, um, people who are, who have really high expectations of what their surgery is going to look like or what the results are going to be, end up getting more surgery because they're unsatisfied with their results. So they're in this loop of getting plastic surgery over and over again, um, unable to satisfy the look that they're going for. So basically it can affect your mental health, and I'm talking like about plastic surgery, it can affect your mental health uh, in a positive or negative way. So that's kind of up in the air. Seems like it's kind of also to do with what your expectations are going in. Like if you have maybe like, quote, realistic expectations, like people are very, very pleased with the results. But if someone is like, I need to look like a different human, there can be a lot of like, upset and like turmoil about not yeah yeah Yeah, so that brings me on to like the next piece of this um so another article brought on this phrase that they called snapchat dysmorphia um so it was apparently coined after cosmetic surgeons noticed that there were um people were increasingly bringing in photos of their selfies with a filter on trying to create the look in real life um, and then apparently Dove did uh, a study and he found that 50% of girls believe that they don't look good enough without photo editing and 60% feel upset when their real appearances don't match their digital version. So they call that Snapchat dysmorphia. Whoa. Wild, like, whoa, right? we need to stop for a second. Snapchat dysphoria. Okay. Dysmorphia. Yeah. Dysmorphia. Wow. So people are bringing in Snapchat pictures or social media edited pictures 
with filters to real plastic surgeons and trying to achieve their like virtual image. Yeah, wow. exactly. Yeah. Isn't that, that's okay. crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, that just, that stopped me dead in my tracks. I, I mean, that, that sounds like something that would happen for sure, but I don't know why I didn't think about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that kind of leads me into the, the topic of body dysmorphia. Um, so uh, another article asked the question, when does changing your appearance qualify as body dysmorphia? Um, so they said that several study, several studies show that seven to 12% of plastic surgery patients have some form of body dysmorphia disorder. Plus, the majority of patients who have cosmetic surgery do not experience improvement in their BDD symptoms, often asking for multiple procedures on the same or other body features. So, seven, seven to 12% of people yes. who have plastic surgery. I wonder. I wonder if that number is significantly higher in people who refuse to post an unedited photo. Like, do you think there's a correlation? Is it the same group of people? Or is it like just the bold go for plastic surgery and everyone else just keeps filtering their images and tries to live behind that wall? I just wonder if like we all have a bit of body dysmorphia if we're all totally. you know looking at these filters if, yeah if we're 70% of us are refusing to post an unedited photo are we all kind of falling into that that group of under 12% of people who have plastic surgery like are we just sort of a shade of that yeah i don't know um yeah, so I wanted to define what body dysmorphia is. Um, I'm sure everybody kind of has a, has a sense of what it is, but I figure if I kind of give you guys the Mayo Clinic version of what body dysmorphia is, you'll probably hear yourself um, because especially if you're a woman, um, we grew up in some really rough times um, with body expectations. So body dysmorphia disorder is a mental health condition in which you cannot stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance, a flaw that appears minor or cannot be seen by others. But you may feel embarrassed, ashamed, or anxious that you may avoid many social situations. When you have body dysmorphic disorder, you intensely focus on your appearance and body image, repeatedly checking in the mirror, grooming, or seeking reassurance, sometimes many for hours each day. Your perceived flaw in the, uh, in the repetitive behaviors caused cause you significant distress and impact your ability to function in your daily life. So, as a woman, I can kind of relate to that, honestly. I can totally relate to that. Like, how many of us look at ourselves in the mirror like a hundred times a day or are constantly fixing their hair or... Like, yeah, just stare at everything you're not really that happy with. That's so common. Yeah, I feel like exactly. That's like that just happens from like such a young age. Like, do you remember a time where you didn't have that? I don't know if I can. I know, I know, because we grew up also in a time where they had photos of Jessica Simpson as like a size six, and they were calling her like a fat cow. Like, horrible. yeah, and they Did were using language that? like that. I'm not like I'm not like calling her that, that. That's what people were calling her. 
Like, no, that's, that's the language like, they use. Quote, yeah, quote, yeah. like, historical words. Mm-hmm. Like, we just watched a, I don't know if it was a TikTok, but we just watched, like, a clip from America's Next Top Model where they were like, she is not a, she, she's a plus-size model, and, and she's disproportionate. She's not, she's not a beautiful plus-size model. And I was like, what size is this, is this woman? She's a four? She's a, <gasps> she's a four? Okay. And it's from, like, what, 2008? And I'm just like, you've got to be oh, God, me. I used to watch that show religiously, too. I loved that yeah, me show. Too. The drama. I couldn't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, think of all that stuff that we were just sucking in. Like. Yeah. I've never yeah. been. I've never been a two or a zero. Like, I don't think it's possible for my bones. I can't imagine having my social bones. media at that same time either. No. You know, like, the no, kids no, that are no, growing up right not. now, they're having the rough of it. Like, maybe we're not calling a size six a fat cow, but they're still seeing the standard size as a zero to two. Like, we still have the the skinny minis that rule Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. What was that in Mean Girls where they were like, you can only fit into a dress that's a two, four, or six, or, or a zero, two, or four, or whatever, and Regina George did not fit in anymore at that store. What was it called? I feel like that just yeah, characterizes yeah, yeah, yeah. it so well. Like, the store was I literally was called, like, like under, zero, it was two, like or four. Under, yeah, it was, like, something like that, like, under four or something. I don't remember. But, Let's yeah. See, what is the name of the dress store on Pink Girls? 135. <laughs> it's called... You were close. 135. <laughs> they go for the odd numbers. Oh, my God. I think that just summarizes it. Like, that's the experience I had, and I think that's the experience we're still having, but it's even more intense because it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, like, kind of on that topic of, like, what we grew up with and what we were used to, like, do you remember having those um, – no, no, they're like assemblies or like people that come to your class and talk to you about like my experience doing this. Like we had people that came that had like drinking and driving stories and people who came that had oh, yeah. horrible experiences like with addict. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like did you have anyone come who had like body dysmorphia, body dysmorphia or like an eating disorder? No. That stuff was very hush-hush. I don't think anybody ever really had a conversation in my life until I got older about about eating disorders, except for like the ones where they're like, oh, she's so tiny and thin, you can see her bones, like that. But that's about it. Kind of like the really extreme, not what an actual eating disorder looks like for many people. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like um, we, we did get some guests um, but again, it was the extreme, like, look at this person who's like, you know, skin and bones. It wasn't like, look at this person who looks pretty much normal because you're consuming yeah. content like that looks just like this, but actually she does not eat, you know? Um, yeah. Like the girl who's going to say, like, they don't talk about stuff exactly, like that. Exactly. But um, <laughs> it's funny because I remember, I do remember having a talk in like grade six and this girl came in and she looked very normal. She was pretty. She was, I mean, she looked kind of average weight. I think she had recovered from bulimia. 
maybe, maybe it was anorexia. I know they are distinct, but I can't remember. And it's funny, I was reflecting on that when we were doing research and I was like, okay, what do I actually remember from that? Did I learn anything? Did I take anything with me? And I remember two things. One thing, vomiting will degrade your teeth. Yes. Ah, yes. (laughs) uh, Second thing, if you lose a lot of weight, you'll get a hairy stomach. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Crazy. So I don't know if that messaging kind of had the right... (laughs) Did anything? (laughs) Did it do anything or did I just learn some weird kind of creepy facts? Yeah. So anyways, (laughs) that's a bit of a tangent, but I feel like I'd be really curious to know what kind of messaging people are, you know, exposed to in school nowadays. Yeah. I don't know. So jumping into the next topic, you've told us a lot about um, kind of what – is body editing what how common it is how we experience it and maybe what it does for our mental health anything else on that um yeah I guess just kind of looking at the other side of it like we've kind of looked at like the negatives um but just looking at maybe the positives that these filters are bringing um so earlier I mentioned this article that says the anti-beauty filter trend taking over TikTok. Um, So essentially this trend was set to the song lyrics that say, uh, the songs on the radio are not okay. I'm sorry. It says the songs on the radio are okay. And they usually have a filter on during that part. And then it says, but my taste in music is your face. And when they say that part, they take off the filters and they show their, their like bare face. And so that TikTok, I remember when that was like trending, Um, But that TikTok trend blew up, um, which kind of like invited the opportunity to like show what you really look like without any beauty filters on. So that was like the purpose of the trend. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, But then I also wanted to talk about um, uh, how uh, these filters are actually helping the trans and non-binary community. I'll flip the other side and and talk about the negatives of, of that as well. But um, I, when I was Googling gender euphoria, um, I came across this Reddit post and it just said, Instagram filters equal gender euphoria. The facial hair filters are literally so exciting to me. And even though I'm pissed that I can't grow facial hair, I'm excited that these are available for me to, uh, to long over. So I thought that was really cool that um, it's kind of like opening up. Uh, opportunities for people to really feel themselves in different genders um, for the people who are exploring. Um, I also saw the title of a podcast. Uh, So the title says, In the Heights Sparks Gender Euphoria on TikTok. Um, So I haven't listened to the podcast, but I do know the trend. And um, they're very similar trends where it's like you get to flip on uh, the male or female version or like the the frontward facing, right, the feminine or masculine version of the filter. Um, so it's kind of like people for the first time were seeing themselves um, in a gender that they never saw before. So I thought that was pretty cool um, that people were kind of like experiencing euphoria over that. Um, but on the flip side, um, like I mentioned earlier that there was a, uh, a, a person who had a TikTok filter applied to them applied to their like account that was a glitch that they couldn't take off so it was like a beauty filter 
So this is what they had to say about that. Uh, they said, my face is pretty androgynous and I like my jawline. Uh, so when I saw that I was popping in and out, I'm like, why would they do that? This is the one thing that I like about my face. Why would they do that? So basically against their will, they're seeing themselves in a version more feminine than they would like. Um, so that was their complaint is that for months on end, they had to look at themselves in a version that they didn't like and the version that they didn't want to continue seeing. So kind of sad. Um, and then to kind of like wrap it up, um, I wanted to read a blip of this article from Cosmopolitan. <laughs> um, so this person says, I was assigned male at birth and now I present in a feminine way outside to the gender binary. That's why, as fun as it may seem, it's also hard for me to see cis, non-transgender people using filter using a male-to-female filter and immediately finding it hilarious to see themselves in makeup with a digital wig. It's as if people like me, who are gender non-conforming, are really something to be consumed and laughed at rather than actually listened to. Not to mention, according to the filter, it's what makes a person masculine or feminine is based on outdated gender stereotypes. So kind of an important way to look at that as well. I think that's huge. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make that, um, again, kind of like on brand for the podcast, there's always a flip side. And I think this is a really, really exciting flip side to a pretty overwhelmingly negative, uh, negatively reviewed topic online. Um, that in fact, there's some pretty amazing outcomes for people who are in the um, non-binary trans world and that there is some really cool um, outcomes for people to be able to see themselves in the, you know, the way they visualize themselves internally. They're actually seeing this in the real world in a photograph. Like this is so exciting for people who might not be there yet with their transition or maybe there's some you know, things that they really wish they could have and they're getting to see that. So I think it's it's super exciting that you brought that up. But also yeah, really sad, yeah. you know, that, um, yeah, that cis people still, people with power still like to um, abuse those who have less power or less authority in the situation. And I think we should always take a moment to check ourselves, like even little things like that good point yeah exactly it, it might not be something that you immediately feel is transphobic but when you look at it and you really look at it it's it, it is transphobic so I think just constantly checking ourselves in those situations on whatever they can be applied to um yeah just always <laughs> being being careful of other people check all sides think about others opinions I think it's good yeah yeah so um that was the bulk of my research um what what other angles did you bring to this I don't know I was just thinking about it and I was like kind of ready to tear the whole thing apart I was like it's so terrible it's like how could people do this like you know it's making everyone feel bad we're setting up the next generation for failure and I was like isn't it inherently so incredibly human to want to be the best version of yourself like get off your high horse like that is at the root of it what we've been doing forever since the beginning of time I mean from yeah like what like yeah. Like just what are your historical makeup. examples? 
beauty hacks. Like, I don't know, the Egyptians wearing like nail polish and and trimming their nails to be more beautiful or um, smearing different like powders and things on their eyes to have like more depth and wide and bright eyes to signify like um, beauty or brighter cheeks to signify fertility. I mean, beauty standards and uh, like cultivating beauty has been you know, a thing that affects every single generation for infinity. That I think the interesting thing is that there's differences within cultures. And I think that they obviously will change over time. So I think what we're used to is maybe like fashion, body size and weight loss goals, makeup trends, hairstyles. And now we're just incorporating plastic surgery in the last like 40 years or whatever. So I think this is really just the next thing that we have to incorporate into our repertoire of body modifications, right? Like I was thinking about, yeah, like, okay, there's the Egyptians that have like all those things I just said. And then you have other, other cultures. You've got like, I don't know, the, the neck elongation in some specific African tribes. You've got people who do ear modifications. Like there's so many different oh, things that are done. in China. Exactly. The there's feet. so many yeah. things that are done like in the name of beauty. Um, so I feel like maybe it's just the summation of everything that the, the universe has been going through forever, but now it's online. Right now, we have something that can do it for us without making permanent changes. We can do these things and like check it out, try it out, see how it looks in the virtual world, and it's kind of exciting and it's also really terrifying at the same time. But I just I wanted to make so the point you that I don't think any... it's new. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It isn't new, but do you think it's more dangerous now? Like, I think yes and no. Vein of this mental health. Yeah, I mean, I think yes and no. I think, in some ways, yes, absolutely. It's kind of like a poison that runs through everyone's mind now because everyone is consuming this content and everyone is exposed to it. And in fact, perhaps like almost every photo, if we're looking at those numbers, is edited in some way. So you really don't even know if you should be buyer beware, like you don't like, you just assume that everything is edited now. So in that way, I think it's dangerous because you don't even know what to compare yourself to. You're not even sure if these are real people you're looking at. Um, you know, and in some ways it's less dangerous because maybe people aren't actually having to body modify and we're just doing it in the virtual world. Um, but that being said, I think there is again, like a disconnect, like you said, with people who actually have plastic surgery, that disconnect of what you look like in real life and what you were hoping you would look like. And I think that now seeing yourself like an actual kind of AI version of yourself, um, on your phone, in your pictures, maybe that discrepancy is more heightened for people. And maybe that discrepancy is more upsetting you're not you're now you're not trying to be someone else you're trying to be yourself as you see yourself in these apps which is really upsetting yeah well I mean I I wouldn't say that that's themselves I I definitely think that that's that's a standardized beauty version of because like the thing is one filter 
applied to the same, applied to a million faces, they all end up looking the same. You know, they change your jawline and they change your nose and they, you know, apply blush in the same place on everybody's face because that's how these apps work. So then you're having a face that looks like just everybody else's. And I think that's what becomes dangerous is that only one type of face becomes a, a standard of beauty. And I also think that, you know, something we didn't touch on in our research is how it affects different um, ethnicity groups and different races. Um, because uh, we're looking at this in the standard American white face of beauty kind of aspect, the small nose, you know, the freckles on the face, like stuff like that, that these filters yeah. are replicating. These filters are not built to highlight people of color in those features. They're usually shrinking them or modifying them in a very dangerous way. So Actually, I think if we explore really this topic point. further again, yeah, that it, um, we probably want to involve that. I have some friends, um, some some friends from Asia, I guess you could say, and I I actually um, had some personal experience talking to them about this. So I have actually seen some of them like use their Instagram. And I've actually like been the person to take the photo of them and seeing what they've done to it. And I was shocked, like just how much editing goes on sometimes. And I talked to one of them and she was like, yeah, I mean, that's just like, we all do that. We've been doing that for years. Like it's a very like Chinese kind of culture thing, like Chinese, Japanese, like any kind of major Asian dominant culture. And it's very common and it's, it's like, a must do for beauty standards if you want to be like popular online and they're not just small it's not just like a tweak it's like it is a full-on body alteration <laughs> some of them don't even look yeah. like her yeah I used to see these TikTok videos of these creators editing their photos um as it, like people who who traditionally in their own content don't put filters on themselves. So these people for the first time testing out face tune apps and stuff like that and seeing what their photos would look like if they were editing like everybody else. And it's like, oh my gosh, no, like go back to your unedited photos. Those are way better. You like, looks like a person and not like a plastered, like heavily, like you can tell they're Photoshopped. It doesn't look real, you know? So... I totally agree, but is there a place and a time and a type of thing where editing is okay? Like some people definitely are of the the kind of like tribe edits fine, you know, like a good edit for something is appreciated for some people. Like what are your thoughts on that? I think if it if it actually like alters the way that you look, then I like and I'm not talking about like it puts makeup on your face and it brightens your eyes. Like, I'm not talking about stuff like that, but I'm talking like if you're softening your cheekbones or strengthening them or whatever, or you're pulling your waist in or you're fixing your legs, things like that. I think, I think that's just like a downward spiral for everyone because not only are you willing to put your own body out there for other people, like... Um, like if you're posting a photo and 
you're unhappy with the way that you look, you're con you're conforming to the standard of beauty in which, like, the way that I think about it is, like, like we were talking about in the beginning with little girls growing up in this environment. I don't want an environment where a little girl has to grow up thinking editing is okay and is normal. Um, to modify, modify your body like that, I think, especially at a young age, you're more impressionable and you're more likely to have body dysmorphic disorder. You know what I mean? So I, I think it really, in the long run, I don't think it does anybody any good. If you're going to change your hair color, you're going to do a really cool edit, fireworks and like shit popping out behind you and like flowers or whatever. Like, I think that's fun. Like have creative liberty to, to make art with the photos that you're posting. But I, it, when it comes to your actual physical body, if you do not look like your photos in person, then I think there's something that you have to think about. You know, like I edit my photos, but like I'll take a zit off. I'll maybe whiten my teeth. I'll pull some flyaways, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like, me on my best day, maybe if I do a makeup filter, I don't want it changing the actual shape of my face. I think that's dangerous. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I think for me, I'm not comfortable editing my photos because I think it's just like, I have a lot of honest friends who will basically call bullshit. And I'm not, I'm not really interested in having that conversation because I don't think I need to. Like, there's no point. People know what I look like. I've looked like this for a long time. I do edit things like brightness and like I enhance things like uh, the quality of the image. I do this for literally everything I post. I can't stand an unedited photo, especially one taken on an iPhone. It has to have some kind of cleanup, you know, but that's not me editing my face or my body shape. That being said, angles, I think that's the next big topic. I will take 300 photos to get an angle where my jawline does look sharp or my eyes do look big. So mm -hmm. is that like, is, you know, is that some kind of trick? You see those people who are now doing like the TikToks where they're like, hey, I stood like this and I caught this amazing photo, but no one stands like this. Yeah. Um. I guess like as a photographer, I don't think I have anything wrong with that because if I were taking a photo of you in general, I would be watching out for those things. Like the angles that you look your happiest and most natural, I'm going to get those out of you in a natural way. But I think when you're having your boyfriend take photos of you or you're taking photos on a tripod, it's much more difficult. Um, so I think you're just working with a challenge, but I personally don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's like you want to you want a candid looking photo of you on on your best way. That's just taking photos. Like you don't have old 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 photos of grandpa like going like blah, with his face like all over the place and like blinking. Like we don't save those photos. We we have the photo of grandpa who's smiling in the camera. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, but also I feel like it is actually a trend to like post blurry images where people are looking kind of weird. I don't know. That also seems like a trend right yeah. now. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be like replicating like 
candid film photo. I think it all comes down to like making non-candid photos look candid. That's the sure. Challenge. I guess it's like it's never like someone literally looks crazy. Um, so point made. But I think I'm actually probably someone who falls falls into the trap. Like I follow a lot of fitness influencers and so I'm always like looking at their legs. I think legs are are my thing because I'm very short. I don't have a lot of them. Um, and I'm always looking at people's like long legs and like thin legs and like perfect thighs and great butts. And I'm just like, how? Um, yeah. And I don't notice myself actively upset, but I do notice an increase in uh, glute exercises and like leg exercises at the gym because of it. And maybe this is a healthy outcome. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, you got to watch that, though. Myself. That's kind of – yeah, you can get into dangerous territory with that because you can, like we were saying earlier, you can become obsessive with one singular body part, and no matter what you do to work on it, you can't see the change, the actual change that you've made on it. So, um, yeah, I have to be careful with those fitness influencers. Uh, it will trigger an eating disorder in me instantly. There's, like, only a handful that I actually trust with my life, like, and, and that's, like, the the girl that I always tell you about, Natasha Oshien. Um, She's, like, a scientist, and she is, like, a fitness influencer um, who doesn't even love to influence. She more likes to science, so um, I trust her, <laughs> but I have a hard time with other ones because, like, uh, their bodies are not mine, like, at all. And they never will be mine, so I can't have the expectation of looking like them um, if we literally have different bodies. You know what I mean? So, like, you can't grow longer legs, you know? Like, um, you have what you have I mean, we're and trying. you have to work with what you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I mean, that's very true, and it's so silly because, You're like, taller than me, of... so should I be offended about the short legs? No, I'm just kidding. How tall are you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm 5'3". How tall are you? Five oh, three. Sorry. Maybe you're more maybe Looking. you're more leg and I'm more tarso. <laughs> I'm just I teasing know. you. I don't know. <laughs> I have a real beef with my thighs. Yeah. I mean, I think it is like about who you select it and who you choose to follow. And um yeah, I think adults, they're in control of that to some extent but if you notice that you're someone who isn't really in control of it that's probably a good place to check yourself honestly maybe that's something I've just said out loud and it sounds worse when you hear yourself say it um yeah but I was wondering in your opinion, um, I guess because we're now kind of fully into the question and answer period. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Q&A. <laughs> rap, rapid fire. Um, okay. I was wondering about your thoughts on brands that are going like all natural. So either brands that are like refusing to do edits um, on naturally extremely gorgeous looking people or brands who do not do edits and they also bring in you know uh, models from various backgrounds with different skin types hair textures abilities 
facial, you know, features, like people who are coming from a wide diversity of places. What are your thoughts on, yeah, in- inclusive marketing? Yeah, so I I think I have a couple couple thoughts. One, uh, capitalism is the cause of all hell. So I think um, when you have a brand that's capitalizing off of disabled people and off of people of color and the you have these the people in the high office that are white and men you know what I mean so I I have issues with that that's just my beef with capitalism and my my entire beef with marketing in general is just like it's all it's all for profit's sake so I don't love that um but I don't see any harm in somebody seeing themselves in an ad um in that kind of a human perspective of like, oh my gosh, I've never seen a disabled woman who looks like me in an ad before. People are national, um, people nationwide are seeing somebody like me on TV for maybe the first time. Exposure is good in that kind of vein. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, you summarized capitalism well i think a lot of people are being used to uh market the newest thing which is diversity i think it's you know jedi um justice equity diversity and inclusion uh was really great at first and now it's just a buzzword and i am a little frustrated about that myself we struggle with that a lot in um, the genetics world and we are always trying to make things more inclusive because those are the people we are working for. Like that is, that is our, um, our population. And that, that is why we go to work. Um, but I think in terms of being able to see yourself online, in terms of being able to increase exposure to different people, I think it is pretty cool that there's now, you know, I know of at least three extremely famous models with Down syndrome. Um, you know, there's people modeling for Victoria's Secret now with Down syndrome. And in fact, one of them is a Latina uh, woman. And so I think it's really cool that there's a lot of people that are getting more exposure. And I think it is healthy to be able to see yourself when you're not the standard white person. You know, I think it's much yeah. healthier. I still think diversity. there are... Yeah, I still think they're probably choosing like the prettiest of the lot. I still think that pretty, pretty privilege reigns no matter what you look like or where you come from. So again, it's like at the end of the day, are we really seeing what our neighbors look like? You know, are we really seeing what people in the Midwest look like on TV? Not really. Um, yeah, so that's I was my just going to say um, when it comes to brands, so one that comes to mind is maybe like Dove or Aerie, and they are like, you know, be beautiful in your own skin. Like, we all have problems. Like, here are my stretch marks. Here are my rolls and folds and bumps and lumps. And I'm just like, dude, that is nothing compared to what I've got. And I am a pretty, I'm pretty happy with my body. And honestly, sometimes that messaging is more upsetting to me because they're telling me this is the achievable standard and I don't even look like those people. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think we're moving at a snail's pace with that. I agree with you. Yeah, totally. 
Um, so I think something that probably everyone wants to know about is big edits and big edit fails. Do you know, do you know of some that are worth talking about? (laughs) Yeah. So I did literally like uh, what I, I just went into Google and I typed in worst Photoshop fails 2022. And what do you know it? It's covered in the Kardashians. (laughs) So the biggest fail photo is the one of Kim Kardashian on the beach. She posted this recently and um her leg her uh right leg it's like she's like walking so it's like behind her but it is like literally like noodle like it's so small compared to her other leg it's very odd um then you have the famous uh chloe kardashian like really long claw hands you have a couple photos of her hands like that where they're just like abnormally long because she elongated something um yeah just a lot of kardashian ones like just a lot of little ones that people are like how did you not catch this yeah i'm googling them and i'm just like this is scary to me her noodle leg is hilarious her noodle leg right the noodle leg and the claw hands let me just look at a claw hand here yeah 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 ew what that's very weird i know right what is she trying to do is she trying to have like longer nails i have no idea it's it's very clearly a fail yeah they're they're calling it the chicken's feet hands it's so gross oh my gosh it's so right that's what it looks like chicken <laughs> it's feet. so true oh. um oh my god okay Um, So one thing I wanted to cover um, before we closed was kind of the origin story for this this episode. Um, I was listening to a podcast um, where the guest was Victoria Garrick. And Victoria Garrick, let me just double check her. Victoria Garrick is the is the host of the Real Pod. I don't know if you've heard the Real Pod, um, but basically no, she got started. Yeah, she got started um, by posting a video, which I will link in the show notes. And she's like, I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, it's just on Twitter. She's standing in front of her door. <gasps> I'm watching it now. Oh my god, I just saw yeah. that. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? I I know. And I think that what was crazy for most people who saw that and the reason why it went viral was because people didn't conceptualize or weren't familiar with like editing videos rather than pictures and editing like the full body. So this was like kind of a breakthrough for not just her, but I think a lot of people in the like body honesty space and so she's basically built like her whole brand around body, 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 body editing and being honest about your body Very and showing true. like the behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's really cool. And she shares about her history where she used to edit her photos. She said she was someone who always edited her photos. Um, she wouldn't post something with a with no edit and now she's someone who is like an advocate for honesty and she shares a lot of videos that are behind the scenes of how to edit things i, th- I thought it was really interesting and i thought her wow 
Yeah, like her original one was is just insane. Like you have to check it out. It I was floored when I saw it. Yeah. So anyways, oh, I wow. feel like and, and she shows examples in in this Twitter feed of celebrities that she believes oops the celebrities that she believes you were using this uh, video editing technology, I guess, um, and pointing out examples uh, where she believes it was used. Very interesting. And also the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Kardashian fail. Um, totally. I think that's what's the most interesting is that she's able to pick it out because she was someone who used it, right? So something she talked about in that episode was like, should we be picking it out? Should we be like highlighting it? Should we be flagging it? Like she was saying that maybe we should... Um, have like a flag for this or have like a watermark or something on our pictures so that people know that it's being edited. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It just can be like photo was edited or, you know, Photoshop was used or something like that. Um, yeah. Just so that people can like make their own judgments. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. I think they were even wanting to do that in magazines back when that was a whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I feel like to sum it all up, nothing has changed. We're just seeing it mm-hmm. broader and we're just doing it to ourselves now. So it's just a bit yeah, more I mean, intense. Yeah, same problem. Yeah, same problem, just different circumstances. Yeah. yeah. More money, more problems. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, with that, I just feel like we kind of hit the biggest topics like earlier this month talking about plastic surgery talking about like beauty hacks and we'll we'll continue down that road because I'm really interested in that but then we just took a brief pause to be like hey (laughs) look what's going on on social media right now um yeah anything else you want to add um not this time but I I do like this sequence that we're going off of I'd be curious to have a conversation um about uh what health means i know we've done a conversation about the anti-diet but i'd like to kind of break down in a very similar way that we did to this on like what like health is like fitness and things of that nature um because i'm sure that we could you know go even further on this conversation of uh, body modification yeah exactly and i think like a lot of our episodes have a a mental health thread through them, but it would also be really cool to just pick apart what's health, what's physical health. Um, yeah, just get into the nitty gritty. So we will try to get an episode together for that. Um, and hopefully another episode on some beauty stuff coming up and then biohacking, sleep, sleep, uh, hygiene coming up as well. So we're really digging in travel tip episode popping in there oh, yeah Ashley will take on a solo of her own yeah so get excited for a couple of solo episodes to come we've now dipped our toe into the solo world and we're maybe loving it who knows curious? yet to be determined we're curious about it we're curious yeah. yeah we're curious about it so I'm gonna give my uh self a run down that road and we'll see how it goes but a couple topics to come from me are probably a little bit about my COVID experience my recommendations and survival tips for you know that horrible nightmare if you get COVID 
And then also I want to give you guys some travel tips, travel hacks, and planning my Mexico vacation. So I am always a notorious overpacker and I am hoping to use this episode to help myself and help you pack more effectively and plan more effectively yeah. because I am no good at that. either. <laughs> so I'm going to use yeah, your look, advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll use my own advice, hopefully. So look forward to a couple solos and a couple more like health-related um, regular episodes coming from us. Um, we are still hoping to have some really cool uh, mental health guests coming up and maybe a biohacking guest in the somewhat near future. So stay tuned as we plan out some more complicated episodes in the yeah, comments. Yeah, and let us know if you guys are enjoying these complicated conversations. Ashley, in the last episode, I joked that uh, I chose um, the uh, family and intergenerational trauma topic, and I questioned to myself, is this something that you and I would have like a conversation over coffee about? And I was like, yeah, we, we probably would. In some twisted way, we would end up there in this conversation and getting really deep about it because that's just us. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're totally right. <laughs> just still sticking to the same vein. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. it just boils down to like what what we have, uh, what conversations we have over coffee. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If we didn't, if we weren't gonna name it Coconut Grove, we would name it Conversations Over Coffee. But I think that was way too close then to comedians and cars getting coffee. So we could, yeah, I think that that's route. been used a lot. So we put our own spin on it. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, as we do. Um, exactly. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We would love it so, so much if you would like, uh, rate, review, subscribe, screenshot, and share on your stories and tag us the whole nine yards. Show us that you're a fan or enjoying the conversations. We would love to share the love. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys, and don't be afraid to reach out if you have a topic idea for an upcoming episode. You have a guest you would be dying to hear on our podcast. We have a little bit of podcast magic power, so we can always reach out to those people if there's someone that you're dying to hear from, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye.